Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Punk Law. And uh, yeah, we're back. Well, episode three, I'm bringing back on my friend John Rinaldi. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're going to talk a little bit about law school. But first, we're getting on right off the bat with talking about, uh, I guess, the, the, the Supreme Court had their Zoom uh, experience this week. And uh, as well as the potential uh, ramifications of maybe this new COVID world, you know, what's the efficacy of doing these uh, Zoom meetings, maybe as a replacement for town board meetings or planning board meetings or zoning board meetings. And we're even going to give you an alternative to personal injury. That's right. Personal injury reform. Remember when people used to complain about that? Well, Walter here has an idea for personal injury reform. Uh, so tune in and hang on and welcome to Punk Law 101. And please understand that this podcast is for informational purposes only. Right. This is not legal advice. This is more of a conversation. This is stuff that, uh, you know, you're going to want to hear, but you should definitely do your own research on maybe a retain an attorney uh, for guidance for any of these issues that we may discuss. To talk about the Supreme, you know, the oral argument streamed on Zoom thing. Um, so I, I think that is great. because I'm sure you heard about the toilet flush. <laughs> no, I did not hear <laughs> no, about that. I think it was Roberts in, in the middle of like uh, questioning, like that you heard a toilet flush in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh my. <laughs> Wait, what the... Were they doing their oral arguments from their bathroom? I, I think what happened was... <laughs> I think what happened was um, he probably has a setup Mm -hmm. you're like probably near where there is a bathroom and someone else uh in his family was probably there and you could just kind of catch it on the mic because uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna guess that supreme court justices are not like really <laughs> into acoustics and setting up like a proper studio that's true yeah or like you know maybe somebody was on their phone doing the zoom thing i don't know i, I don't know who who it was that they thought they heard it from so if it was like I, I can imagine they probably did it from a computer. They're, you know, and I, I don't imagine any of these people were doing it from their phone and they were walking around their apartment or something. <laughs> I, but, but yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's hilarious. Weird, I know, but the thing is, he's probably he was probably mortified. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's a cautionary tale <laughs> <laughs> about these Zoom calls. Like, make sure you ha you're in a quiet room away from the bathroom. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. I like the the oral because oral arguments, at least for the Supreme Court, are public. They're usually highly reported on, so it's not like anything's going on there that you don't know about. But I'm shocked they never re like, but they never did it with like video in the room. I mean, they, well, they don't they don't allow recording in general anyway. So I guess why would they change that now? Uh, it allows for people to, I mean, I, I understand it, like to, uh, to allow people the ability to, to learn like the process and to understand where the court was coming from. And I, I, I like the concept of doing it. Um, and I like that, that it's, it's live. Like if you could do it live streamed, like that's kind of, uh, I, I, mean... I think there's a benefit to that. People would be more interested in watching it. People would be more interested in listening to it. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it would be the same amount of people tuning in. 
I mean, I would. I'd, I'd, I'd listen to it. If I'd, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, like, give up going to the bar to, like, listen to a Supreme Court argument. I mean, unless it was a big one, maybe I might make that. But like, Well, you could have it on at the bar, especially nowadays with, like, oh, how oh. there's no no. Context. Okay, okay, remember, we are lawyers. Most people are not. They're not going <laughs> to give a fuck. <laughs> well, dude, you know, a couple months from now, man, they're going to be screaming for content. Like, yeah. like everybody's watching TikToks nowadays. Like, say that to the people on your other podcast. Yeah. Yeah, fuck the football game. We're gonna listen to the Supreme Court argue about <laughs> I don't know something. Uh, we're gonna listen to them argue about copyright infringement and whether or not uh, you know Google's uh, Scholastic Books thing should be replaced. You know, is considered fair use it's where they're using excerpts. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, although that wasn't taken up to the Supreme Court. That was a shocker. Although that's basically saying they believe in this that that case. Well, yeah. All, um. So yeah, uh, by, by the way, copyright is one of the weirdest areas I think as far as federal practice because it's it's still affected by where you are practicing because it's because it's it's a federal court practice but if you're in like the second circuit you might get one ruling and if you're in the seventh circuit you're going to get a totally different ruling. Yeah, that's the thing I think people don't understand about how like I feel like a, maybe a good episode would be the structure of the court system because it is not intuitive it's not well i would say i would say federal court from from a a, an away scale from like the large scale from how people probably think it works is intuitive um how it actually works like the things like what we're talking about with like differences in the second circuit versus well yeah that's what i mean is like the the the, that's not intuitive the structure and like because like i've had this happen before where like people will like be like i don't know why this is such a big deal you know this court said it's not a big deal and like we're in the third circuit and they'll like pull up like a ninth circuit opinion yeah i don't have the time to explain to you why that's not relevant (laughs) it's relevant but it's not it's not positive you now use it as part of a persuasive argument to be perfectly honest with you the third circuit don't give a damn (laughs) they do what they please well there you go um what with that in mind, let's, uh, what was I going to say? Shoot. Yeah, yeah, this is what I hate about it. It's like you're, oh, I will say this. New Jersey's appellate system probably runs the way people think the appellate system works. Well, even with the naming convention, because, you know, unlike New York, we didn't have to be special. <laughs> <laughs> the Court of Appeals is not our Supreme Court. <laughs> Who invented that. that? Yeah, I forgot about that. Who invented the court names here? I don't know. I fucking hate that. <laughs> God damn it, New York. It had to be special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. New York is weird. Uh, New York's weird in general. I don't like elected judges. I don't like the... uh, I I don't like the whole... I I don't know. That's another one, though. It's like what goes on in one area of the state's not always going to be the same as another area of the state. Like New Jersey... I I think I actually have said this before. I think New Jersey is actually probably one of the best like court systems and I, this might be because i've not been in a lot of other ones but i've been around new york and new jersey and <laughs> new jersey comes off as way more refined and working at least functionally Perhaps. and and more evenly uh what's it called uh if you're in the north of the state compared to the south of the state you might get slight differences but you're not getting massive differences yeah jersey's pretty consistent on these yeah it's it's the most i think it's consistent throughout the whole state whereas you might be in new york city and you're gonna get something totally different than if you were practicing in orange county new york 
Well, I mean, what's like so culturally different? Like, I think people forget that like most of New York is like empty nothingness. <laughs> yes, it, outside of New York City, it's cold Alabama. <laughs> Basically, it's that's what it is. It's riding New York City's coattails. You go past the, you know, you go past the the Mario Cuomo Tappan Zee Bridge, because they don't want to hyphenate the name and they wanted to name it after somebody new. But yeah, you go past the, the Tappan Zee Bridge. It's a whole different animal. Uh, dude, you go to Rockland County, New York. That's that's a whole different species of like what's going on here. It's you get like it's it's like seven towns, and then there's villages, and then there's like and and there's pitchforks, and they they're all over the place. Like one town is like Alabama, the other town is like Middle Ireland. You go to one town, it's like the Boonies. You go to another town, it's like the like. It's I mean, such... you're telling me, man. We went to college like right on the border. <laughs> I forgot we went to Ramapo. We we went to both the same college and the same law school. That's the strange thing about this. I know, right? <laughs> How many people did that? How many people went to Ramapo uh, and Rutgers? There were actually a few more in my in my year. Oh, were there? I was the only yeah. one. I was the only one who knew about Ramapo at, at my school. I, not new, but like had gone to it. And I remember they were looking for for Rutgers. Uh, they were asking us. I think I was taking Civ Pro at the time. It was one L year, and uh, I had uh, Kim. And she had to do a thing to kind of get people, get law students to come to Rutgers. And she's like, what are some of the selling points for Rutgers? And I raised my, and not the money aspect, not the tuition. I, I was going to say it's cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> not the money, not the tuition, not the, not, and I raised my hand and I go, well, there's no bears. And everybody just went like, oh, where the fuck? I like how that's a joke that like most of them would not get. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Everybody in law school thought it was hilarious, but, but the problem is you can't tell that it opened my. Well, there's no bears. <laughs> They all started dying. It's like you're right, Walter. There's no bears in work. <laughs> Oh God, I remember getting all those bear alerts around <laughs> and after all, like by like midway through like my sophomore year, I just stopped caring. Like whatever, there's bears. If I die, I die. <laughs> Gotta go to class. Dude, that was the one funny, the best thing about law school is it was very easy to be the class clown at law school. It was just like, <laughs> oh my God, you guys take this way too seriously, which like you should take it seriously. But dude, the way they set you up for jokes like left and right. It was, that was True. the best part of law school. And uh, it was just like, that that alone, I, I what was it? I, I was asked by Sklar, who was my property teacher, who I actually know people who went to school in the eighties who had Sklar. Yeah, same here. I, I, I love Sklar, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like Sklar. I also had Trachtenberg, who was I think he retired, I think, a year or two after I got uh, after I was done or something. So I was oh, one of the last people who had Trachtenberg uh for contracts and he was again another one of the old guard guys there since the 70s so people who people went to like i had the same contracts potentially i had the same contracts professor as elizabeth warren who went in 78 yeah i know right <laughs> and we're talking about i went in 2011 so uh i just remember sklar asked me how do i pronounce my last name and i just went i don't know and everybody <laughs> just <laughs> To a room full of comedians, that won't hit. But to a room full of lawyers, everybody's dying at this point. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Don't know his own last name. How did he get into law school? Oh, my God. And it's just, I don't know. Meanwhile, you tell, you tell the host at an open mic, you don't know how to pronounce your last name. They look at you like they, they don't think it's funny. They just think you're an asshole. Now, I must say, for the listeners, Professor Sklar 
sounds like Roz from Monsters Inc. You're right. Oh my god, <laughs> so spot on. That is exactly. I've heard. I remember thinking that myself. That's amazing. Because perfect. I don't think anybody else ever said that out loud. Oh. No, no, you don't say that out loud. I'm shocked it never. But that did come through my mind. That's the amazing thing. Um, so amazing my, my, property teacher. My, my story with Sklar, though, she uh, she got me once. I got. I've been, so um. So it was someone else's you know how she's like it's, it's your day and you're just doing you know the thing and the guy that she had picked for that day like clearly did not read yes and rather than just admit that he didn't read he was like floundering <laughs> and the whole like honestly the whole class is laughing at him so hold on for clarification purposes in law school uh there's a thing called cold calling right uh, it happens like in, in regular school. It's like when your teacher calls on you, but it's way more popular in law school for some reason where it's they're trying to get students to read because that's part of being a lawyer is you're supposed to read case law. That's what you're trying to learn how to do. And, and this is a particular professor who she would cold call and she would stick on you for most of the class. And then you were pretty much done for like half the semester. Oh, yeah. You would never cold call on you again. If you did it right, you only ever had to go once. Maybe People twice. The people who had to go twice were typically the people that didn't follow directions, at least in her class. Or they were early in the, the year. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. the other option. But uh, I mean, but usually if you admit you didn't read, a professor will just let you go. Not Sklar. She does not care. Nope. Um, but he was like floundering. like, sh And the whole class is kind of like chuckling. But because I sat in the front row, and it was very obvious to her that I was there, uh, she looks at me and she goes, well, Mr. Rinaldi, if you think it's so funny, why don't you answer the question? <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you can't show any kind of emotion. Just like you got to like ignore everything, phase out. And then if you're going to start cracking up at somebody else losing, oh, no, that's a bad move. I mean, the upside is I had read that day and I did get through it. But I wasn't like I. Had but she read. grills you though too. She's yeah. that was one where it's it's you could have read and you still don't know what the fuck. Well, that was the about. thing. I wasn't prepared for it to be my day because mm -hmm. it wasn't supposed to be my day for like two months. <laughs> well, I now it wasn't ever in order from what I remember. It was just that she would call on you at random, but you knew once you did it oh, once no, she, you were. She she had a system for I don't know about you for your year, but for my year she had a system. Oh, I. I, and maybe I didn't know the system. Maybe I, she, maybe I kind of forgot about that there was a system. So here's what she did, because she told us at the end of the year, um, or at the end of the semester, I should say, she, she handed out a survey on day one, and it had mm -hmm. like four questions. It was like, your name, what town are you from? Um, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do when you leave here? Like, the simple, basic questions on, like, a, on a, like an index card. She collected them. And the thing was, if you followed directions and you answered all of the questions, like mm -hmm. reasonably, then you were in the, the good half of the class. And if you <laughs> didn't listen or didn't answer the questions very well, you were in the, the, the miscreant group. I and what happened it. was the miscreants were called first in alphabetical order. And then the, the good group was called in alphabetical order. And since I knew damn well that I wasn't a miscreant, I knew I wasn't going to get called for a while because my last name begins with an R. So like even worst case scenario, I shouldn't have been called in like the first three weeks because like I, fit, I, I, I saw the pattern. Mm -hmm. she, was, she was calling in alphabetical order, but not perfect alphabetical order. Yeah. So I kind of figured out like there has to be something to this. 
And then later on, it was we were basically divided into like. I mean, it was alphabetical people order. Who, people who follow directions and people who don't. <laughs> huh. I, yeah, again, we're talking about going back quite a while for me now. I, I, yeah. And also, I've repressed all of one L year at this point. I don't remember anything of it, except for the fact that I had teachers there. And, uh, and there were some good teachers, and there were some teachers, and they were teachers. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. That's law school in general. Um, but generally, one L year is a, uh, is a, it's a misery. It's a special kind of misery. It wasn't the worst thing ever. <laughs> um, I also went when it was a little bit different, though. We, we've talked about this. It used to be you'd take this class called Legal Research and Writing. And I had a guy named Nardone who used to run the program. And he designed it to make it 10 times more aggravating than anybody ever could have imagined. And then <laughs> he, he had rules that everybody, every class was supposed to follow. So you couldn't get outside help. You couldn't go to a tutor to help you figure out how to do this because his reasoning was uh, I went to law school and people had help writing their essays and I didn't know what to do. So I feel like everybody else should not know how, what to fucking do. And I was like, this well, is that's the- not, that's not a good way to do things. No. And then it's also weird because his reasoning was, is like some people came from families of lawyers. Some people had, this as their background and I didn't know anybody. And I'm like, that makes it worse that you can't get a tutor. Yeah. Right. Like if your argument is you don't want them to go get a tutor. Well, I'm also in a class with somebody who worked as a paralegal for six years. They I suffered, I, therefore you will suffer. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that somebody's parents might be a lawyer might mean they understand it better because they've already gotten to, like, they know what a legal brief is. They know what a legal memo is. Like I, Whereas if you're a guy who's never touched law in their life and been around it, you might not have any clue. So that was kind of my – and or a person. I, you don't have to be a guy for this to account for you. You could be any, any kind of species of animal you want as well. Or, or gender, or creature, or banana. Whatever you are, it likely applies. Or whatever you want to identify as. Um, not, not to get too far into that. Uh, where were we on this? We were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about Zoom or, oral arguments and how governmental yes. meetings and all that. So I, because I was talking with somebody the other day and they were talking about doing this for planning board meetings, right? And I, I don't know if you've ever been to a planning board or zoning board meeting in New Jersey. I have not. It sounds incredibly boring. It's not the worst thing in the world. There are people who actually go for fun who aren't lawyers. Who, who are these people and people, who hurt them? <laughs> <laughs> people who have nothing to do with their lives and they, they feel like this is going to affect their property. Maybe they got the notice. Some of them do go because like, you know, you got notified that this particular thing is going to affect your piece of property. And uh, for instance, okay, that's maybe a little different. <laughs> there are people who just go to hang out. Like, uh, you know, uh, I have a family member who is on, who, who has to go to all these meetings as well. And cause he works in town government and he was telling me like, yo, we get people who just like hang out there who are like, they're, they're, they're town flies. They want to know what's going on in the town and they want to see what, you know, what's the, what's going to happen with it. So I, but they're talking about maybe trying to make these into zoom meetings, especially with the COVID-19 thing. And there's attorneys who practice like land use that don't want it to happen. And what would, and their argument is, is that it might open up to more lawsuits because if you have somebody who's trying to comment on the meeting that, you know, say they get muted and they don't have the ability to comment on it, then they would sue or whatever, or they, you know, you have an issue where it all breaks down or it's not functioning. I think the real reason is they don't want, a video of these meetings 
because it's very rudimentary. And to be honest, like, yes, they take recordings of a lot of these meetings, but they're usually audio recordings and they do the minutes. But here's the real deal. Nobody's listening through those audio recordings, right? (laughs) This is true. So either you have to show up so you can kind of get, and also listen, if you had to listen to one of these audio recordings, you would have no clue what the fuck is going on. Cause it's, again, it's all audio. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of these meetings. It's six people on a panel or eight more, depending on the town you're in and how they set it up for their quorums and everything. So you might have six, seven, eight, nine people on a panel. You have the town lawyer, but you would never be able to tell who's saying what. So, you're, you might be looking through every, you might be listening to these and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And, and nobody would ever listen to it. Meanwhile, if you have it on a Zoom panel, well, now you have the videos popping up. You have the idea to identify who's saying what. Um, and you would have a comparison of like, oh, what did they request? What did they want? Out? I was different. You know, if you're talking about like uh, something like a, like a land use ordinance versus like some kind of, uh, what's it called? a variance if you wanted to go like if you wanted like an exception to a, a land use ordinance you get a variance mm-hmm. uh if you were listening to this this thing and they did these variances and you're like well wait a second why'd they give a variance to this guy and not that guy they sound like very similar situations there might be something where maybe you see it's the same attorney nine times uh maybe you see that you know there was maybe maybe a deal or it was talked about off the record or something so you would have like some you'd have it changed differently plus people who would have to go to those meetings and object now would just be able to do it from their living room <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> dude imagine how you would now all of a sudden a th- you would have a town that would maybe get like two objections for every variance would get thirty thousand of them in fairness, that might open you up to some pretty high-level trolling. <laughs> oh, dude, yes, I, I, I'm at, like, dude, like, if you, especially if COVID, like, if you have so much lockdown for going on to the future, dude, that, people would probably just tune in just so they could go ahead and object. It's yeah, like, like eh, if, I don't like that guy, Billy. He's a if dickhead. I, if I were, if I were bored enough, be like, no, fuck, fuck that new development. <laughs> we're not doing it because I said so. Fuck Jimmy and his two family. I want to say a single family. I don't care if this is going to help make the town economically more viable. That's it. It would just be you sit. It would just be some dude sitting in his apartment complex just being like, I don't want them to do this because I don't like the guy who's doing it. And whereas you'd have to show up to every meeting once a month until it was actually put on the docket. Because here's the thing with some of these meetings, right? You go to the planning board meeting or the zoning board meeting and it's on the, 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 meet, the minutes, right? It's supposed to be on for that night. I've gone for some of them and it's gotten pushed like three months each time. Like it's been like, all right, like it's, it gets pushed to the next meeting, but I've like gone three or four times and get pushed to the next meeting like six times because they might be changing something on the, the variance. They might be making adjustments. Maybe the, the, the engineer can't show up. But I mean, they, like, my argument against this is in the same vein, but it's like, it's already hard enough to get like new housing built yes and like you would just make nimbyism even worse if i didn't even have to go to the meeting (laughs) maybe but you also already have that the people on those zoning boards and planning boards in a lot of these towns are already kind of policing it yeah i mean it's not a great argument but it's like but do we really want to add more to it oh absolutely you would now have people who 
who maybe aren't on the board who don't want this going on in their backyard now sitting there being like, well, what about a parking variance for the, the extra two family in the town? Which, you know, <laughs> not a parking variance, a parking, uh, parking study, which I've been in there where that happened, where they had people who came in. There was somebody doing a two family and this wasn't any of my things. There was people came in, there's somebody doing a two family and they wanted to list their objections. And they're like, well, there wasn't a parking study done. And it's like, yeah, okay, it's on a busy road in Edgewater, New Jersey, which is a very, very bad traffic area. But you're talking about the difference between a one-family to a two-family. You might not even have a difference in the amount of people occupying that spot. You would just be splitting the revenue. Like, you're now increasing the amount of money that can come from it because you can rent it out to two different groups of people. So you might not even have, you might have a single family there, but you might be renting it out to four people. Whereas if you have a two family there, you might be split, uh, you know, renting out two people here, two people there. So you might have the same amount of cars either way. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on that. I feel like it would allow for more oversight. Yeah. Um, especially if courts did this. I mean, I, I, I've always kind of felt like courts should live stream a lot of things. Not everything, of course. Well, maybe even courts, um, it should be more. I think courts more than governmental meetings or planning board meetings because yeah, there like, isn't that risk of uh, of somebody kind of interrupting. Well, it's like, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really care about land use in Edgewater. Yeah. Like, at all. <laughs> even if I, like, I just mean in I don't general. Really like that's, land use in Hoboken, where I live. <laughs> that's one of the examples. It's, but that's a, it, it's an issue going across the state as far as some of those things. Um. And it, it, listen, uh, that's something, that's one of those issues. It's, it, it might affect more things than that. Um, but yeah, like court systems, it wouldn't, it, like, again, if you have a live stream court, A, you might actually be able to reduce the amount of people going to, you know, it's a thing in schools where they let them peer in on the courts and kind of sit there and watch. Um, well, it's also like a lot of court appearances are a waste of time. Well, that's, you'd still have to appear in court. If well, I mean, but like appearance. there are there are some court appearances that do not need to be in person. They do not. <laughs> well, they're um, starting to do that now, and it, they're they're trying to anyway. They're trying to work so on that, especially with coronavirus. Specifically, case management conferences for family—they <laughs> are such a waste. I Probably. I used to feel so bad billing people an entire day for what amounted to five minutes in front of the judge. Don't tell <laughs> that to actual like to don't tell it to people who. Where that's their bread and butter. Well, I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm working for LSNJ now. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not my <But> problem. <laughs> you and me agree on that. That's what. But that's also what a lot of divorce attorneys bill for. Like, oh, oh I, I get to go to a case management office. Uh, but like, but do you know what a case management conference usually consists of? You go in front of the judge, and the judge is like, "Are there any discovery issues?" And you're like, "No." Have you had a chance to negotiate? We're working on it. All right, let's set some dates. And then the judge just goes, discovery is due by this date. Um, you know, we're going to do the next conference at this date. And, you know, whatever. Like, they just set dates. They give you an order and you're gone. And, like, you could have done this on the phone. I agree. Like, actually, you know what? Like, I, there's no reason to make me show up. <laughs> yeah, that's actually – I kind of agree with you on that. I think that – and not only that, I mean – lawyers would still bill for it anyway you just you, you know, would reduce the amount that you're charging the client well you also want to know like how how like i can prove to you it's a waste of time it's like on multiple occasions i've gotten my clients excused from showing up to case management conferences 
because the judge knows there's, there's nothing that's going to happen today. They're not going to take testimony. Really, the only thing they care about is the lawyers dealing with everything. And, like, there's no reason why we can't do it on the phone. <laughs> Just tell me what the dates are and fax me over an order. There's no reason why it can't be done that way. But I that's I just agree. not the way it's done. I had to show up and wait in the hallway for four hours. <laughs> and at that point, you, like, again, on both ends, you're wasting your day. You have to build a client back. And now it's, you know, New Jersey needs to get on. Every state needs to get on that. That's the thing. It's a lot of states are, you know, some are moving towards more. Uh, I think that's the maybe one of the bright sides of COVID is that you are getting a push to go ahead and adjust some of these antiquated systems. I mean, I would be down to like work from home three days a week permanently. <laughs> that would be great. But even like, yeah, like you're saying before with the case conference, um, I don't know if I, I think criminal would still have to be in person. Um, most of it. Yes. But still, I, I think there's a value to at least the showing up portion of it being in person. Um, okay, but like you can do it over video, though. Like, I don't know. There's... Well, here's the thing. So as a, as a defense attorney, you might look at it and go, there's a risk that this hurts the defense, right? Because now you're going from it being like, especially when you have to get the cop to show up, right? Like now you're going from a Zoom call with the cop to the cop having to show up. Uh, with lab, you know, with drug cases, instead of just, you know, because you, you should object to the, the lab report being used as opposed okay. to... Like, there's, there, there's an easy solution to this. You just make it defendant's choice. They have the right to be there in person, or they can opt to do it over the phone. Plain and simple. And I, I, I think the trials would still be in person, regardless. I, I'm very certain trials should still be in person. Yes. Because there's even just that aspect of it being, a, you can't get a script off of like, you know, like like, for instance, if I'm doing this you know, like a podcast or I'm doing a Zoom thing. Like, honestly, you could have a script sitting right in front of you. There's also not that intimidation factor of being in person. Um, but for small things, I guess, I, yeah, I get it. Like pre-settlement yeah, because, conferences. Because, like, and, this is how like the admin stuff is doing it now. Where like for, for administrative courts, they're like, look, you have a right to show up in person and do it, you know, have your hearing the old fashioned way. But if you want to get it done faster, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll, we'll set up a video call. And it's and, like, it's, 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 they, it's, you know, it's defend, well, not really defend, it's claimant's choice for me, but defendant's choice. Mm -hmm. If you, if you believe it is advantageous for you or that it makes no difference and you want to get this done quicker, then sure you can do it that way. And if you insist, it's your right. If you insist that you want to come in in person, it might take us six months, but we'll get you in. Yeah, I guess I would like, expedite it a little bit too. I mean, for for criminal, you don't want an expedited most of the time. You you want it to go as slow as possible, get dragged down, and do like a uh, speedy trial motion, or hopefully they don't have discovery, or hope that the cop forgets that he's actually employed. <laughs> <laughs> there there are things like that where you're like, uh, I just hope the cop doesn't show up, or I hope the cop doesn't know that he's supposed I don't to be know. here. Well, things, things moving a little faster could put a little more pressure on the prosecutor to be more reasonable. No, because they'll just ask her in a German every time. <laughs> they, well, they're not going to get it every time. Well, that's where you do the speedy trial motion. But, like, there's things that – it there's a value to – I don't know. I think showing up in person makes it feel like it's more onerous, right? Like, that's, that's part of the speedy trial thing. I mean, there's other aspects to speedy trial than just showing up in person. There's the, the, the aspect of, like, 
again, this is hanging over my client's head. This should be dealt with or be out. So. True. Or, I mean, like, you could even do it where, like, if if an agreement has been reached, you can just do it over, like, the, like there's nothing to contest anymore. Settlement has been reached. Let's just get this over with. I also think, like, state senate, easy to do this. Easy, easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. This is so easy to verify, so easy to get it done. There I shouldn't... haven't even thought about state government. <laughs> like, or Or federal federal government yeah, well, state government this happen what well that's yeah we're gonna happen forget it uh <laughs> no but uh, well i mean new jersey you know i think everybody's realizing in new jersey especially after this covid thing like, oh wait we could be doing this way more efficiently um i know somebody who works in town government city government who's tried getting their office to be not just virtual but being able to uh you know everything storage in the cloud everything stored on a hard drive and they've dealt with a lot of resistance to it up to this point. And because of coronavirus, there's actually like a real push to digitizing everything again. Yeah. I mean, I had the same, same thing at, at work for me where like people have been saying for years, we should probably have like remote work options just in case something happens. Because like, if I need to take half a day to go to the doctors, I'll still do work if I have access like, it's also like a minimal cost thing too. It's just yeah, it's, like it's, it's not hard to do. It's like it's just making it harder for me to do things if I need to like like you're making it so I need to take a full day to do something that only took me like an hour. Also, um, with that in mind, like there's other states that have already started moving towards that. New York's been very big on that, especially things like workers' comp. Their system is very much online, so and very much remote. So I. I I know workers' comp firms that are like, you can work from home if you wanted to, if you're doing New York work. Whereas New Jersey, because everything's so much built on like a solid file and because New Jersey has been so resistant to digitizing things, um, they, they don't. <laughs> so they, they like the old process. The problem is New Jersey's workers' comp system is also very antiquated and inundated with, and they don't have enough workers' comp judges. So that makes it very slow and lethargic. But um, maybe that would help with it. But also, I, I don't know. New Jersey, it's weird because workers' comp, you know, is, is supposed to be this alternative. Is that, and one of the episodes I want to do is personal injury and how it could be made better a little bit. Because, <laughs> and one of the things is That's workers' comp. Well, because, well, again, like, uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the McDonald's case eventually because oh, there's please. so much – so there's much so that, much to say here. <laughs> well, there's so much disinformation about it too. And uh and the the reaction to it was to try to like do tort reform, but it was the wrong direction. It was the wrong thing for tort reform. Uh and really the right way to do tort reform is a lot like workers comp, which New Zealand does. There's countries that do this. The problem is you couldn't you, it would be a hard way to do it in America right away, but we've done it. We've done it with workers comp. We've made it just part of a system. Hmm. where oh, you that's... take out you take out the uh the um the liability aspect of it you make a a public fund that everybody pays into you get really you know or you just make it part of the insurance companies like i mean that's kind of how that's also kind of how the insurance companies work now except you still have liability coverage because uh they they're still addicted to it and they also have a, more leeway to deny coverage yeah. so 
Um, but that's what workers' comp is. You're taking out the question of liability, and it's just about injury, damages and causation. And, you know, workers' comp is more has it happened on the job or not as well. But if you, if you change the New Zealand system or if you changed personal injury entirely to the workers' comp system, it would no longer be about where this all came. It would basically be disability. It would basically be an in-between a disability and, and personal injury. It would just be a different form of it. It basically is what workers' comp is, where you have a doctor come in. It's not a lot of, you know, testimony. You don't have to worry about getting 17 different witnesses and corroborating evidence. It's, you know, you're not asking about whether or not um, there's liability, which, again, liability is a big, you know, argument in a lot of, you know, you're also not arguing duty anymore. I guess you kind of do in workers' comp because you're well, arguing if they're It, in, it depends heavily on the facts. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of like an eventual thing I want to talk about because, again, everybody wanted to move towards this change of personal injury um, and tort reform and things like that. And that was – I felt like the that the direction they wanted to do was cap things. They want to put limits on it. And actually, there's a, there's a new rule for there, – there's some new stuff coming out with medical malpractice and things like that right now. But – and how that even affects people. But, yeah, that was uh, – I don't know. Any last thoughts on some of these topics? Um, no, I think we were, we were pretty thorough. Nothing comes to mind. And this might get like added on as kind of like an after punk law thing. Like we kind of like, oh, go yeah, into sure. the, this will be like a second episode that I tags mean, onto the, this. The magic of editing. Yes. It's, that is the beauty of it. Uh, uh, as I continue to do these little podcast things and video things, um, I'll do an outro with you right here. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, if you want to talk for another five minutes or so, it doesn't, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, thanks again for coming on, John. Uh, it was great having you. Um, uh, again, we'll get you back on. And uh, everybody, it's John Ronaldo. Do you have anything that they want? You want them to follow you on Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram? Uh, no, because I, I learned from a very young age: keep get on the internet, keep your head down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> And yet here I am doing a podcast, uh, internet with, uh, I have what, uh, I have every freaking social media thing. I think I have a TikTok. I don't use the TikTok, but I have a TikTok somewhere. I mean, I have social media. If they want to like look me up by name, you're more than <laughs> welcome to. I mean, I'm going to be like, who are these people? But whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but it was great. This is, this was interesting. Both of these, to all these topics are very interesting. Um, and then also people getting an insight into law school, I think is helpful. We're talking about property law and cold calling and then they they won't make the the horrible mistake that we did <laughs> that's it yeah maybe we should do that one day is talk about the uh whether or not you should go to law school and what law school really is like law school regrets i have many <laughs> oh oh my god i was so ill-informed everybody i know was ill-informed I, I think i think we all were to be fair <laughs> i don't think any of us knew what we really signed up for because well, you're told to go and like your family thinks that, that that's you know what's the funny the one of the funniest things i think everybody's always said to me is when i tell them i'm a lawyer like especially when i first passed the bar like for the first two years i tell them and they go it's changed over the years but the most for the first two years it was wow your parents must be so proud which is such, <laughs> you don't say that about anything i just bought a car wow your parents must be so proud i, mean, I work at wendy's your parents must be so proud in fact at that point it's a backhanded compliment for, for me, law school was simultaneously easier and harder than I thought. <laughs> I agree. That's kind of how it's like the flavors of like law school. It was a very, uh, I don't know, like it, it was, it was kind of, again, I, 
Thanks again for John for giving us your time, lending it to us here on uh, Punk Law 101. Uh, again, I know he said he has social media. If you want, you could seek him out. Uh, and uh, it was a very intriguing interview. If you want, you can follow the podcast at Punk Law 101 on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, Death is in the End of Life, Punch, like a delicious drink you drink in the summer, which is coming quickly. And uh, tune in, take care, subscribe. Like I said last week, we're going to have more episodes. I'm also going to have on more uh more guests, people. I can't do it right now only because I had an issue, technologically speaking. But we should be back up fully and running with guests next week. Uh, take care. Have fun. Bye-bye.